You've probably heard of your genome, the collection of all the genes in your body. These genes generate code for the proteins necessary to survive. But now, scientists at Cambridge are studying the unknome, a collection of the proteins in our bodies that researchers are aware of but aren't sure of their function. The team published an open database of all the proteins in the unknown with an accompanying study in the journal PLOS, or the Public Library of Science, this week in the hopes of increasing scientific collaboration to discover what these proteins do. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Ohioans this week rejected the state's special election proposal to raise the threshold for altering the state's constitution via ballot measure from a simple majority to 60 percent. The measure wasn't directly tied to abortion rights, but it was seen largely as a way to impede the state's move to codify abortion rights this fall. A warming climate and changing patterns of human migration are contributing to an increase in invasive mosquitoes and mosquito-borne diseases in Europe. The World Health Organization urged countries to deploy measures like bed nets and insect repellents. The Global Health Authority also warned that countries may need to be prepared to disseminate treatments and vaccines against these illnesses, including dengue fever and West Nile virus, which occurred in record numbers last year. And on Monday, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission proposed a rule for the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which would require employers to provide reasonable accommodations for pregnant employees. Politico's Olivia Olander is here to discuss the rule and how it's received some unexpected pushback in Congress. Thanks for having me. Can you walk us through some of the key accommodations that will now be required under these rules? Yeah, so the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act lists out some accommodations in the proposed regulations, like if you are breastfeeding and you need to take a break, if you have some issues lifting heavier objects and you need to take a rest from that for a little while, or you need a slightly accommodated schedule due to the pregnancy specifically, those are all things that employers will now have to accommodate, even if they don't, like, for example, rise to the level of a disability, they're just a condition of the pregnancy. Got it. I was going to ask, you know, how does this build off of some of the existing protections like the Americans with Disabilities Act? So it uses a lot of the same language, like the reasonable accommodations language is very similar. But yeah, the key here is that, you know, maybe you are experiencing some pain from pregnancy, but it's not necessarily something that would fall under the ADA. But it's still something that you might want to get a little bit of extra time to do your work or have a little bit of a change schedule. That in this case would be covered under the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act under the regulations that were put out this month. It seems like this proposed rule has already sparked a lot of criticism from Republicans like Senator Bill Cassidy, who has accused the EEOC of exceeding its authority and going rogue by covering accommodations related to abortion. Can you talk a little bit about that? So Cassidy was a big backer of the legislation that led to the Pregnant Workers Fairness regulations, and he was someone that wanted them out actually even quicker than the EEOC put the regulation out. He had sent a letter a little earlier this year saying that he wished they would pick up the pace putting out these regulations. But yeah, he really balked at the inclusion of abortion as a condition related to pregnancy, and he said that that disrupt the spirit of the law as related to pregnancy. But the EEOC says that, like, abortion or choosing whether or not to have an abortion is something that has long been considered like a related condition to pregnancy. So that's why it was included. And they also wanted to reiterate that this has like nothing to do with insurance paying for an abortion or anything like that. It's more just those things that we talked about earlier, like you're in pain because you had an abortion, that sort of thing that now would fall under things that employers would be obligated to accommodate, as my understanding. 
Is there anything that lawmakers like Bill Cassidy and others can do to dissuade the EEOC from finalizing this rule as is? Like, is there any kind of pressure they can apply to the group? So pressure for sure. I mean, we're now in like the period where the public can comment on this rule. So that is something that they're doing. They're obviously commenting, although not through like the typical channels, but the EEOC is accepting feedback and it'll have to go through probably a couple more votes before it's finalized. But this is kind of already off the ground. The EEOC is already accepting charges or that means like allegations basically under this. So it's already kind of going and the legislation was already obviously enacted. So it's a little bit out of Congress's hands at this point. When would this rule be finalized? And if it is finalized, how would it fit into the broader landscape of protections for pregnant workers and new parents in the workplace? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's already been in effect. Like I said, they're accepting allegations of employers not uh, providing accommodations. Mm -hmm. But the final regulations don't have to be finalized until December. That was like what Congress said when they enacted all this. So I guess that's kind of the expected timeline for that. And there's still probably going to be a couple more votes at the commission to be able to get it through. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. We really appreciate your reporting. Thank you so much. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.